Welcome to another edition of The Boys in the Iceberg. Yes, today Ooh. we're going to be talking yeah. about uh, book one, episode 10, uh, Jet, where, of course, we are introduced to a new wonderful character in this show, Jet. In my head, every time I watch that episode, I can't help but uh, get it stuck in my head. And you know what? I'm, I'm very happy to uh, have such a good... Uh, it could have been a bad song. I'm, I'm glad that it worked out, that it was a good one. So, uh, yes, welcome, guys. Uh, this, of course, is The Boys in the Iceberg. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. How are you? Terrific. Thanks for asking. And uh, our guest, our featured co-host today, Connor Dixon. How are you doing, Connor? Good. I'm doing good. I, there's also a band named Jet. And mm. you could, I don't know if you ever get, are you going to be my girl stuck in your head? Right. I, I didn't know that. How did I forget about the chat? Oh, my God. At least we're, uh, I hope you're not a Jets fan. <laughs> That, that, that would be disappointing. No. My girlfriend's dad is, which is... Ah. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry for Makes your girlfriend. Yeah, that's, Makes me uh, feel better about being a Bears fan. That's all right, fun. good. Hell yeah. I'll take it over the Jets. So uh, let's get into it, guys. we got a big episode, lots to discuss. Um, let's just sum it up real quick. So, traveling by foot, Team Avatar accidentally stumbles into a Fire Nation camp. The soldiers immediately surround them though the team is saved by Jet and his freedom fighters and invited back to their treetop hideout. There, the team learns about the orphans living in the woods fighting the Fire Nation. When Aang and Katara are trustful of the freedom fighters, Sokka remains skeptical. Uh, a sentiment that is strengthened when Jet and a few of his fighters ambush an old Fire Nation civilian. Suspicious of his true intentions, Sokka trails Jet on a nightly walk and discovers the freedom fighters are planning to flood the city killing everyone in order to eradicate the Fire Nation soldiers. Before Sokka can intervene, he is captured by the Freedom Fighters. Jet convinces Katara and Aang to use their waterbending to fill up the reservoir under the ruse of being needed to extinguish forest fires, though in reality it is to flood the village. After they are done, they discover Jet's true intentions, and although they manage to incapacitate him in battle, they fail to stop the Freedom Fighters from blowing up the dam and flooding the city. However, Sokka managed to escape and warn the villagers, evacuating them all safely. Woo! Good job, Sokka. We couldn't, couldn't have done it without Sokka. And uh, more importantly, without Sokka's instincts. Uh, more, more Sokka's on instincts. Yes, a little later. So um, let's get into this. We'll have room to dissect it all in a moment. Uh, so like uh, I said in the recap, the gang is in the woods. Uh, Momo stumbles upon a hunter's trap, and Aang has to go free him for it. Uh, Sokka then uses his instincts to uh, determine which way the gang should go, but ends up walking right into a Fire Nation camp. Uh, yeah, not, not so smart. He was originally trying to uh, avoid flying on Appa so that they, didn't, uh, so that they weren't followed. Eventually, uh, a... I'm going to pause, guys. Uh, lots to dissect, so let's get into it. Uh, deep in the woods, Momo stumbles into a hunter's trap that leaves him caged and hanging from the branch of a tree. Aang, Katara, and Sokka soon notice he's missing and set out to find him. Locating him suspended in a tree, Aang uses his airbending to move himself towards the trap and free the lemur. Discovering that the same fate had befallen hog monkeys, Aang readies himself to scale the tree again. 
though Sokka uses his boomerang to cut the cords and free the animals in one go. Examining the traps, Sokka determined that they were constructed by the Fire Nation and advises they leave quickly. However, he decides they should travel on foot, as Appa is too easy to spot. Katara protests, opposing Sokka's notion that he is the leader, noting that if anyone would be the leader, it should be Aang, since he is the Avatar. Sokka counters by pointing out that Aang could not be their leader since he's just a goofy kid, which Aang himself agrees with. Uh, Katara continues to tease her brother, musing that he would not be so bossy if he kissed a girl. Sokka's quick to counter that the, he already has kissed someone that... I'm sorry. Sokka is quick, quick to counter that he already has kissed someone that Katara just does not know, causing her to smugly note that she has met their grandmother. Womp womp. Quickly changing the subject, Sokka reiterates that his instincts indicate that they should stick to walking as it increases their chance of passing through the forest unnoticed. Aang and Katara relent, although Aang soon grows frustrated over the slow progress, and together with Katara, he starts to tease Sokka. The banter is interrupted, however, when they accidentally stumble into the middle of a fired nation campsite. Woof! Uh, what about that scene? Certainly, uh, Sokka and his instincts taking over. So uh, let's dissect, guys. Um, what do we think? Yeah. Um, right off the bat, I think it's interesting seeing the dynamic differences between Aang and Sokka. You know, Aang has the airbending ability, and he goes up, and you notice even though, you know, going up there, he, he opens it, he makes sure that they get out of the trap normally without interfering with the mechanics of the traps. Mm -hmm. So he keeps them preserved. And then Sokka comes right in and just takes his boomerang and destroys everything, yeah. which I thought was kind of funny, you know, Aang going for the pacifistic approach and Sokka just right through. It's, it's the yeah. way of the airbenders. They don't attack. Sokka's um, kind of like, he is what a little kid thinks a leader is supposed to be. And then he's just like blindly storming around. And uh, I also, I don't know about the whole, he can't be a leader just because he kissed a girl. I feel like that's a little dated. That's the one thing about the episode that won't age as well. Mm. Yeah. But I thought that was a good way to poke. But also it was a way to, I think, like subtly poke fun that Sokka's really mature. Yeah. And definitely. what most immature people want to do is just go, we're going this way and I don't care what you have to say. Right. But he basically did. You guys, who is the leader of Team Gang? Team Gang. Well, yeah. Right now, I mean, his, 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 it's the namesake, but that's a very good point. There really isn't one yet. Yeah, um, like, all right, times. <clears throat> for sure. You know. It's, it's kind of destiny that's the leader. It, it, yeah. the, the mission is its own, uh, you know, uh, thing. If, if Aang and the team don't get to the North Pole, they're not going to be able to save the world. Yes. It's pretty selfless as a group for the most part. They don't really worry about who's – Truly, I, to this in this episode, Sokka worried that he wasn't leading enough. But I don't think they're that worried about that in the long run. Definitely. Uh, what do you guys think about this idea that the gang should walk instead of fly? I love it. And you and I were actually just talking about, like, how do people not get that, of course, Zuko can track them. They're flying on Appa. He's a very easy thing to spot. And it's finally episode 10. <laughs> you get you get Sokka kind of playing the role of the audience member being like, guys, how do you not see this? This is such an obvious solution. Let's just try walking and see what happens. Hint, hint, they try walking and we don't see Zuko once in this episode. Yeah, it's so true. I wonder if there's a coincidence. Um, okay, like, yes, that makes sense. But uh, also they have a lot of distance to cover. Yeah, I mean, they do. Right, and uh, I, you can't be tight. I would, I mean, I get that, but also it's like, 
I will take our chances. I feel like that's uh, that's probably why it took him so long to adopt the walking approach. Yeah. True. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, they have both options at their disposal. So moving on, uh, the trio, as they stumble into a Fire Nation campsite, uh, shed their bags, try to run away, though a firebender cuts off their escape route by setting the bushes behind them ablaze. As the soldiers corner them, Sokka tries to bluff their way out of the predicament, stating that they promise not to hurt them if they let them pass safely. A soldier with an eye patch laughs at the bluff, though before he can say anything more, he suddenly falls to the ground unconscious and compliments Sokka, asking how he did that, to which a quizzical Sokka responds, instinct? <laughs> Katara solves the mystery, however, by pointing everyone's direction to a young man standing atop a tree branch. As they all look, he readies his dual hook swords and jumps down, landing atop two soldiers, knocking them out, wasting no time. He uses the weapons to sweep the feet out from underneath them. As he he fights off an incoming soldier. A small child drops from a tree. And uh, basically, we are introduced to the uh, Freedom Fighters. Let's, uh, let's pause there. Um, so so what, what do we think about this ragtag team, Jet and the Freedom Fighters? Exciting. Uh, very. <laughs> Definitely. Got his, uh, he got his hero's entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I, uh, one thing that I, I missed earlier, and I feel bad, Sokka does recognize that the traps are firebender traps mm-hmm. based on the metal work. So that should have been a hint that be careful. You might walk into something here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and the kiss, I think Sokka was talking about Suki, not Grand Grand, mm-hmm. but Katar doesn't know that yet. So that was another thing. And it's, it's nice little breadcrumbs for the exact predicament Katara is going to find herself in, in the next act. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so as this scene descends into chaos, Aang and Katara use their respective bending to uh, join the fight. Though each time Sokka prepares to engage a soldier, the soldier is knocked out by the children's leader. After the troops are defeated, the leader introduces himself as Jet. Woo-woo! <laughs> okay. Uh, and his allies, the Freedom Fighters. We got Sneers, a sturdy hand-to-hand combatant, Longshot, an archer, Smellerby, a slim-bodied blade expert, the Duke, a shorter and younger fighter than the others, and lastly, the tall, long-wielding Pipsqueak. Aang, under the impression that the Duke was named Pipsqueak, comments that it's a funny name. When the large man menacingly bends down to ask if truly thinks that his name is funny, the Avatar happily notes that it's hilarious. Amused, the threesome start to laugh, and Pipsqueak smacks Aang jovially on his back, though which such force knocks him over. Um... Oh, good stuff, guys. Great intro. Uh, I like how every character, it is a ragtag. Uh, we were talking that they're like the Lost Boys before we started. And uh, what, what better parallel could there be? Yeah, there's, there's this... It, it, it's, you know, we were talking earlier also about like how this is a kid's show, but there's some really deep themes. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's very kind of fun and exuberant. There's a treehouse. You're meeting all these cool new people. You know, everybody's got fun names and there's some comical, cool action stuff. But then you hear about where these kids come from and how they got together. And it's really dark. Mm-hmm. And they all have kind of their own superhero origin stories, pretty much. And it's just, we're dealing with some heavy stuff here, but they're making it very lighthearted, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by any show that can layer in themes like this. And as a kid, 
as an adult or a kid, when you see these groups, it's fun. Like these guys are fun. They have a little yeah. bit of a piratey vibe to them, mm-hmm. which is just, I, I think I like Treasure Planet as well. If you ever seen that movie, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of come off as a little bit of like, they're probably doing the right thing, but they're also a little bit of rebellious, a little bit of guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare mentality. And then, I mean, that treehouse is just the coolest fucking thing. I don't know if treehouses are still cool as an adult, but when I yeah. saw that one, I still was like, I, if you ask me to come to a treehouse as a 27 year old man, I'm going to tell you no. But if you have a tree world, I'm going to do that. Definitely. Um, I will say yes to go to a tree house as an older man. Uh, I don't care who's listening. Uh, I, I would be gladly be invited to uh, Ewok Village or whatever you call oh, that yeah. Uh, yeah, little yeah, setup they got there. Quite the cool hideout. Um, excellent, excellent. So uh, Katara almost immediately develops a large crush on Jet and rarely speaks without shamelessly uh, flattering him. As Katara and Jet chat, managing to indirectly insult Sokka's instinctual behavior, the Duke and Pipsqueak raid the now-abandoned Fire Nation campsite, finding Blasting Jelly, which Jet uh, orders them to carry. Now, when the Freedom Fighters mention bringing their score back to the hideout, Aang expresses interest, and Jet invites them to come with him. Katara eagerly accepts on behalf of the group, which they... When they reach the site of the Freedom Fighters hideout, there appears to be nothing in sight, a fact which a disbelieving Sokka notes. However, Jet offers Sokka a rope dangling from between the thick foliage of the branches above. Taking it, he is yanked upwards through the canopy. Screaming as he ascends, Aang uses airbending to simply jump into the trees while Katara is held by Jet as he is pulled up. During the ascent, Katara blushes deeply as their close contact. Upon reaching the hideout in the trees, Jet explains to Katara the Freedom Fighters mission. Uh, excellent stuff. I, I could see how Katara was instantly smitten with him. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. hard not, not to. Yeah. Quite an entrance. It, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> reminds me of Haru from the uh, uh, Earth Kingdom prison. Or, no, I'm sorry. I think it was in the Fire Nation. No. Jeff, do you remember if that was... Uh, that that was, was Earth Kingdom. Definitely Earth Kingdom. Yeah. Um, I love how uh, this theme of Sokka's instincts come back. That Jet says you're going to get killed relying on your instincts as they uh, uh, approach the treehouse. So uh, yeah. what, what do we guys think? Is, is it wise to trust your instincts? Do you, do you play it safe and do the responsible thing? What, what, when do you pick one? When do you pick the other? I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd say it's, it's both. And that's, you know, it's funny because we're talking about who's the leader of kind of Team Avatar and, 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 and is there one? And I think this episode is kind of, letting you know that it's important to have a leader, but it's equally important to have a competent group dynamic where everybody brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. Obviously Sokka has his instincts, which more often than not are dead on and come in handy, but he doesn't have that, you know, someone to kind of pull him back and reel him in from going too far. That's where Katara comes in. And when they both kind of get too, you know, overly emotional or, or passionate about something, you have, the spiritual resonance of Aang. You know, it's, it's just important to have that, that dynamic in your group of not just, you know, being aggressive and, and instinctual. Yeah. The theme of balance is throughout the show too. That's why it's an earth, water, fire nation. You know, it's, they're yeah. constantly dealing with balance and they seem to find conflict when they don't keep a good balance, which in this episode is when they let, uh, they let first they let actually Sokka could be too instinctual, but then Katara kind of gives into her emotions. So you both see imbalances, which lead mm. to conflict. 
I also, I found Jet pretty quickly showing that he can be kind of a sociopath, a little bit manipulative Definitely. with uh, the gang. Like, that's when you first really start to see it when they get to the hangout. Almost yeah. immediately. I think uh, this uh, next part here, it's uh, already starts the manipulation because Aang is uh, quick to tell the gang about his mission because several mm. years ago, the Fire Nation took over the nearby village. The Freedom Fighters had since ambushed Fire Nation troops and done everything in their power to cut off the town's supplies. Uh, their ultimate goal being to force the Fire Nation out of town permanently. Katara expresses further infatuation with Jet, temporarily praising his bravery, which ultimately provokes a sarcastic comment from Sokka. Jet, however, shows no ill will in response to Sokka's remark. He explains to Katara that all the Freedom Fighters live in their treetop base and that none of them have fam my families anywhere. Uh, Longshot's village was burned to the ground. The Duke was found on his own. Jet himself lost his parents' lives at the hands of the Fire Nation when he was eight years old, which incites great sympathy in Katara, having also lost her mother to the Fire Nation. Uh, so there's that manipulation you were talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, certainly it's true, okay? I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. uh, denying that in this fictional universe that is the uh, course of events, but uh, Jet's intentions are very much to uh, get Aang and Katara's waterbending to do his big plan at this episode yeah you see it right away once they get there and he kind of he kind of realizes that katara has a crush on him mm -hmm. but then in that sequence he kind of hits all three of them at once very swiftly which is uh, definitely has a lot of trauma from losing his parents but he's clearly uh, on a mission and he's willing to use whoever he can as a pawn Definitely, definitely. He, he understands how, how, yeah, like his manipulation tactics, you know, he understands that each person has their own different, you know, Sokka wants to feel needed and necessary in a military sense. And he tells him that he's important for this. And Katara and Aang want to feel wanted and loved and appreciated. And that's exactly how he manipulates them. And it's, you're right, it's very sociopathic. He knows how to convince others. It, he's almost... He's kind of a cult leader, if you think about it. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Definitely. Um, and with that uh, cult-like uh, charisma, he manages to get both uh, Aang and Katara to donate their uh, bending services to this gang's mission the following morning. Uh, the next morning, Sokka waits in the trees overlooking a path with Jet. Using a trick that, with his machete to amplify vibration, Sokka alerts Jet when an old Fire Nation civilian approaches. Jet and two other freedom fighters, Smellerby and Pipsqueak, descend despite Sokka's statement that the man approaching is just feeble and old. Jet and his free freedom fighters bully the man, eventually knocking him onto the ground. Jet ruthlessly ignores the man's pleas for mercy. Sokka stops Jet from striking the man and tells them to stop their actions. Jet orders the man to be searched, further angering Sokka. He ignores Sokka's insistence that the man is harmless and innocent, justifying himself by stating the man is why the Fire Nation um, is with the Fire Nation. Ultimately, Jet and the Freedom Fighters leave with the man's belongings, with Sokka reluctantly following, regretting that he was ever part of this expedition. Um, I think this is the most important scene in the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, here uh, the truth is revealed, uh, albeit just to Sokka at first. Yes, it's um, it's 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 almost a, a, an interesting take on what happened earlier with the old man being rescued, who ended up ratting out Haru. Mm. Uh, because you wonder, are 
these old guys worth saving. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> this one's from the Fire Nation. They seem to only be looking <sighs> out for their own, for their own tales. But uh, it's really impressive. And, 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 and just, yeah, the manipulation te- techniques. Again, you see Sokka just with this unbelievable military insight and instincts. Mm-hmm. Just the tracking sense is incredible. Um, and you see that Jet is very much the inverse of Sokka. You know, they're both very, you know, they're both military, you know, they're, they're, they're highly trained. They've grown up hating the Fire Nation for, for destroying their families. Um, neither of them are benders and they've had to kind of make up for it with their fighting style and have to hang out, you know, hang in a world where they have to take on people who are clearly more advanced. Um, and yet Sokka grew up with Katara, with his villagers in kind of a family unit. And Jet grew up completely alone, having to fend for himself. And you see how they both grew up very, you know, this could have been Sokka had he not had, you know, those other voices to kind of keep him grounded. Yeah, Jet clearly has a very different outlook than Sokka because he had, he had more trauma growing up. And yeah. instead of viewing it, is for him, he has this take no prisoners approach, scorched earth. Everything's going to go in the Fire Nation. I don't care. Uh, but I also think this far in the show, like as a viewer, even I was like, well, I don't really trust that old man's totally harmless or innocent because mm. you've seen so many things that are just not as they seem on the surface. So it's impressive that Sokka could notice that. And that's, again, his strong instincts. Because even as a viewer, I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I, 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 you can't know based on uh, the themes of the show of that old man was a civilian or not. And you don't even know by the end of the scene. Right. Uh, certainly, uh, okay, he seemed to be innocent in this episode, but uh, it, it's not exactly left clear. Cer- certainly, uh, um, what is clear at this point, however, is that you can't trust Jet. <laughs> and uh, that much is made clear when Jet and Sokka return. Uh, Aang is chattering out there with Duke. Katara, you know, they're, they're bending, they're chilling, but once uh, Sokka comes back, he immediately reveals that Jet was a bully. Uh, Katara can't believe it and demands to hear Jet's side of the story. Uh, Jet uh, reiterates that the man was Fire Nation, something that Sokka left out, and produces a knife with a compartment for poison in it. Uh, he claims that the man was an assassin sent to kill him. Sokka's angry and heavily doubts Jet's story stating he never saw a knife in the man's belongings. Although the explanation convinces Katara and Aang, Sokka storms off, stating that he's preparing to leave. Upon departure, Jet quickly pleads with her Katara and Aang to stay, stating that the Fire Nation plans to burn down the forest and that he needs the two of them to use waterbending to fill the nearby reservoir. Katara approaches Sokka with Aang and adamantly refuses to leave until they have helped Jet. She accuses Sokka's actions as having resulted from jealousy and refuses to listen to the reasons he gives for his actions. Oh, guys, why, uh, why is Katara and well, I know why Katara has difficulty trusting uh, Sokka here, but why, why is Aang struggling to uh, see Sokka's truth here? He, like, Aang inherently trusts people. From yeah, this one he is inherently trusting and believes all people are good until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and you know what? Yeah, he, he saw the knife, he, the, the poison compartment. It's, uh, you know, 
It's true. It, it, this, there's a theme throughout this episode of uh, leadership and what it is to be a good leader. Um, okay, I, I think Jet's intentions are wrong, and he may not be the best uh, judge of uh, you know character and justice and how to be a you know a leader. But I'm sorry, how to be a what, what I'm trying to get at is Jet is a better warrior and leader than Sokka. Okay, mm -hmm. the, the, despite maybe Sokka's cause being more noble. Uh, Jet has mobilized and gotten uh, his band together. So I, I can understand why Katara believes uh, in Jet other than being in love with him. Uh, and naturally Sokka is jealous. Yeah. 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 Pretty straightforward stuff, guys. I, uh, I wish it was only that straightforward for <laughs> uh, Aang and Katara. Well, what, what can we do? Uh, the, yeah. I was just going to say, again, like, this is a kid's show, and you have them, I mean, we don't know if it is or not, but the potential that they have planted a fake poison on someone mm. to try to manipulate allies into fighting a battle that they may not necessarily need to fight is such a mature theme and so heady mm. for a kid's series. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Planted evidence in a show that's aimed at I think the rating is Y7. Yeah. Yeah. And insane. the warning on this episode was, um, I think it was like fear and mild violence or something. Like fear was one of the things for the warning next to the Y7, which I thought was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Part of the reason it's gotten such an uptick in viewership on the re-release is probably not just nostalgia. It's also how fitting some of the themes are in today's society. hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what I'd give for a leader like Asaka, even if he is a little pig-headed right now, <laughs> um, yeah. we'd be in a better place for sure. So uh, that night, Sokka overhears Jet and the Freedom Fighters sneaking out of the base and uh, decides to follow them. They bring with them the blasting jelly, and Jet reveals the plan to blow up the dam so that the city nearby will be flooded, wiping out the Fire Nation soldiers, but also the civilians living there. Sokka, Sokka overhears all of this, but is caught by Smellerby and Pip Squeak. As Dawn arrives, Sokka is dragged out to face Jet, confronting him about the plan. Although he attempts to persuade Sokka to persist in the plan, Jet soon realizes that the young Water Tribe warrior will not change his decision, and he has Pip Squeak and Smellerby walk him into the forest to prevent him from warning Aang and Katara. Um, yeah, I guess this was a moment of good instincts for Sokka, if he... Uh, wanted to foil uh, Jet, or is it bad instincts because he got caught and maybe he could have gone about this a little more uh, stealthily, a little more sly? I, I, I think that Sokka, you know, it, it's funny because we're, it, it's almost unfair to try to compare him to Jet because Sokka's been, you know, yes, he's been leading this band of, of like kids at, at, at their home village, but this is the first time he's really been out in the world on his own doing this stuff. And for the most part, yes, he's making very common mistakes, rookie mistakes, if you will, but he's holding his own relatively well. And Jet, you know, he's been out there for years doing this. So he's got a much broader sense of, you know, experience mm -hmm. and know-how. Um, he's been through a lot more. So Sokka, you know, it's, it's to be expected that he wouldn't be quite as, you know, in, in the same kind of echelon of, of leadership and, and, and instinct as these guys. 
And yet, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Right now, he's just doing what he thinks is right. He doesn't quite understand the tact, maybe, that's necessary in a lot of this stuff yet. Plus, uh, I mean, this is another thing that there's not one leader within the three of them. Because as you see, when Sock goes off on his own to get something done, despite great intentions, despite a small amount of success, it ultimately ends with him getting caught. And I mean, you know, you don't know. He might even get whacked in the woods. You don't know what they're taking. Mm -hmm. So if they're all three together looking for something, it seems like, again, the balance of them is what's needed to complete their missions. They can't just be one on their own, specifically Sokka. Yeah. Um, if only uh, Aang had the balance within him already. We, we would have no show, but a, a more peaceful world. <laughs> um, right? I mean, I guess, I guess the show is better uh, with conflict than without. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Jet, soon afterward, leads uh, Aang and Katara to a shallow river, which leads to the reservoir. Katara, still unaware of Jet's plans, apologizes for Sokka's behavior, to which uh, Jet replies that, uh, you know, he's already apologized for himself and is currently out with uh, Smellerby and Pipsqueak scouting for the mission. Aang and Katara find it strange that Sokka would be so quick to apologize, but they don't question Jet. <laughs> I know. Uh, what, what do we feel about that? Do you, don't, don't we think it would be... Uh, so why, why did Sokka and uh, Aang believe uh, Jet in that moment? It's uh, it's uncharacteristic. Sokka Katara, or Katara and Aang. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I. So far, they've only believed that Sokka was being, um, jealous. Yeah. And they have seen Sokka kind of change his tune when he's been shown to be wrong, like what happened with the Kyoshi Warriors, and he is relatively quick to humble himself when you know, the moment is appropriate and the, and the time calls for it. So also they're blinded by their admiration and love of this kid. You know, this guy's doing what they really want to be doing and what they think deep down Sokka wants to be doing. You know, he said it early on, you know, if I, you know, if he gets to, he may get to bash some Fire Nation soldiers heads along the way. And he was like, I'd like that. Yeah. So they, that's very easy for them to be, to continue to be manipulated until they see definitive proof that they shouldn't. Yeah, it also makes you think that Jet's probably done this before with other people who have blindly yes. followed him. And he has his core group, but you have to imagine beyond the three people he's traveling with, he had a lot of other people that he used in various ways to accomplish his goals. Uh, and it, this is another, it's a young show, it's for kids, but you see that just being a good leader doesn't mean you're a good person. Being a great leader, I like the, uh, you know, if you don't have strong morals, you're going to end up being someone like Jet, who just uses people as pawns, which he has Aang and Katara just eating out of his hand at this point. Yes, he does. And uh, at that moment, a steam geyser goes off directly under Aang's feet, launching him several feet into the air. Jet states that they've reached their destination as Aang floats safely back to the ground. Jet explains to Aang and Katara their role in the mission. They must bend the water that resides beneath the vents. Upon release, the built-up pressure beneath the geysers will flow, to the river leading to the reservoir. Katara initially doubts her ability to bend water that she can't see, but Jet provides her with enough encouragement and love to make her feel that she can do it. Jet leaves Aang and Katara to do their work, stating that he will be at the reservoir and will meet them back at the hideout. However, Jet underestimates the time Aang and Katara need to release an adequate number of geysers. And since they quickly have the river at a high enough level, they decide to go meet Jet at the reservoir instead. Dun, dun, dun. What um, 
I mean, interesting. Don't, don't you think he would know better? I mean, does he have no experience around waterbenders? I, I wonder. Who, uh, Jet? Yeah. Jet's, Jet's so consumed with his ability to manipulate everyone around him and those he can't manipulate to have kind of silenced or taken away that I don't think he's, you know, like, like you, you know, we've been saying clearly he's been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. And so far it seems like it's worked every single time. So why would he think this wouldn't be the same? He's got even the avatar believing in hook, line and sinker. So this one troublesome brother who's out there, I mean, he doesn't think that Katara would turn on him. And he's also shown, we'll see it early, you know, in, in a little bit with his fight against Aang, spoiler alert, hmm. that he could hold his own against Benders. He did it against the Fire Nation. He did it against an Arab. So I don't think he realizes, you know, he sees how uncertain she is and how blindly willing to follow him, which means that she doesn't have a lot of confidence in herself and her abilities that will also play to his advantage. Um, and I'm also noticing, I, I, I hate to do this, but like, you know, I've been doing this completely separate kind of civil war reconstruction research, just talking about what's relevant to today. And the parallels in this episode are kind of mind blowing. Like, you know, you're talking about a good leader's ability to motivate, you know, I, I, as, as big of enemies as they were, the Confederate troops probably should have gotten their butts kicked right away. The only reason they did it is because Robert E. Lee was able to lead amazingly. And it's, it, honestly, it sucks because he was so good and he didn't stick with the North, but it's amazing how a good leader can make just okay soldiers feel confident enough to win insurmountable battles. And there's a movie that came out a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember it called the free state of Jones. It was a Matthew McConaughey movie that kind of got understated, but there's a whole unit of random citizens of, of, who are union supporters in, I don't know if it was Mississippi or Alabama or where, who would go around and sabotage Confederate camps and, you know, and, and, and capture Confederate soldiers throughout the South quietly, um, helping the union quite a bit. And this went on for a while. They became like a huge menace. And uh, Jet's band kind of reminds me a lot of them where, They'd even go down and burn up towns that had regular citizens living in it. I don't know if that was the same group, but, but a lot of these union spies in places would do this. And it was that moral quandary. You know, these people aren't necessarily part of the Confederate army, but they are Confederate sympathizers and are their lives worth anything? And it's that moral dilemma that we see here in this episode, which is just kind of cool. Yeah. I, and this is something I, Jet maybe got Katara to be too into him uh, on a crush level because mm. she's not going to meet Jeff the reservoir to see because she's doubting him. She's going because she wants to hang out. She just yeah. really wants to see what he's doing. She wants to be more involved in the mission. He actually has her too into him and his, uh, his leadership actually kind of double crosses. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, uh, Meanwhile, Sokka is being marched through the forest by Smellerby and Pipsqueak. He attempts to convince them to reconsider Jet's plan. They refuse to listen. They're loyal to Jet. He's really demonstrated great leadership in the past and has always benefited the freedom fighters. Sokka gives up trying to reason with them uh, just at the same moment that he spots some Fire Nation traps that he saw earlier. He manages to break away from them and tricks them into pursuing him straight into the traps which leaves them caged and suspended from the branches above. Sokka frees his hands and quickly moves to stop Jet's plans. Whew! Thank God those traps were there. Would have been a 
sticky situation otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Pretty straightforward Sokka, stuff there. Sokka's yeah. smart. You know, Sokka, again, it's that military mind where in, you know, in general, he might kind of be a little aloof, but when times are tough and, and you're in the heat of it, um, his instincts are pretty good, and he remembered all about the traps and how to get out of there. Impressive. Definitely, definitely. definitely. Um, let's keep going. All right. At that moment, Aang and Katara, they come to the edge of a cliff overlooking the dam. <clears throat> they spot four freedom fighters setting up the uh, barrels of blasting jelly. Immediately, Aang realizes Jet's plan to blow the dam and flood the village. Katara is still in a bit of denial until Jet suddenly jumps forward and snags Aang's gliders with his hook swords, preventing him from flying off. Jet confesses that his true plan is to convince... I'm sorry, he confesses what his true plan is and attempts to convince Katara that the action is necessary. After he and Katara have experienced the pain of losing loved ones, he argues they cannot allow the Fire Nation to hurt anyone ever again. They must be merciless. Katara is completely nonplussed, but Jet persists, stating that he had hoped for she and Sokka to be more understanding. Katara immediately responds to Sokka's mention by demanding to know where he is, and she begins to cry. Jet places a comforting hand on her cheek, but Katara's had enough. She draws water from her uh, water skins, the bag, and uses it violently to throw Jet to the ground. Aang goes for his glider so he can prevent the explosion, but Jet reaches it first, snatching it off the ground with his hook swords and placing it on the back, on his back before engaging Aang in combat. Ah, man. You can uh, hide for only so long, Jed. Eventually, even Katara and Aang are going to catch you. Can we just talk about what a cool weapon and tool those hooks are? Yes. Jed uses. It is like I haven't seen that really in anything else. I, I might have to rewatch some more animes. I'm sure that they were inspired by a lot. But that's one of the coolest, most original tools I've seen in, in any kind of an action scene or show. This, yeah. The action scenes in this episode were so cool. And it was, uh, I think this one was really extended because the next part is still kind of a wild fight between Aang. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, I, Katara, is, I, it, it's still, again, you see Katara takes longer to figure out Jet's true intentions than Aang and Sokka here. So she was really, really charmed by Jet. No, so much so that Jet even thought he could put her hand on her and be yeah, like yeah. Com- comfort her that way. I think it's uh, also interesting that we now have back-to-back episodes where Katara's instincts, just as much as anyone else's, put the whole team in danger. Mm. You know, the last episode, and 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 again, there's the argument to be had: was it ultimately the right thing to do? And it might have been. But her, without consulting anyone else, really, just immediately deciding to steal a waterbending skull from some pirates, not really thinking about what that means for the rest of her group and their safety. And here, blindly following along with Jet, not really considering any of her brother's objections or what might actually be going on. It's just this interesting reminder that, yes, again... They're all still teenagers. They're all kids. They don't have a definitive leader, and they're still figuring this out as they go along. And there's a lot for them all to learn. But uh, yeah, and you said you said this could be a filler episode, and I think there's some truth to that. But I also think this is a strong episode that the characters will learn from as they encounter more obstacles. You know, it, it also proves morally that they're all on the same page, 
but yeah. their motivations are different. So it's not just enough to be after the same thing. Uh, when your motivations are different, you can get tripped up, which all three of them get tripped up at various points here. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, what ensues is one of the best fight scenes yet. Uh, Aang and Jet head into the trees, uh, crouching tiger style, and uh, Jet adapts an aggressive fighting style. However, Aang avoids almost all of his attacks using his agility and airbending. Still, Aang is reluctant, reluctant to fight Jet. He tries to reclaim his glider, but is unsuccessful. Uh, eventually, he blows Jet back with a powerful airbending move until Jet catches a branch with his swords. Talk about a fighty hook. Great use of that tool. Uh, Aang glider, Aang's glider drops, and the two race to the ground after it. Jet succeeds in kicking Aang from behind in midair, causing the Avatar to crash into a branch and fall to the ground, extremely dazed. As Jet lands, however, Katara arrives on the scene, bending water to aggressively attack Jet pushing him back towards a tree and freezing him to its trunk. She berates him for betraying her trust. Just before she can get too far in her tirade, she is startled by a bird call off in the distance. Jet responds with his own call, the signal to set off the explosion, revealing that he has managed to delay Aang and Katara just long enough for his freedom fighters to set up the blasting jelly. Aang tries to fly on his glider, but to no avail, as the glider's mainsail was torn in several places during the scuffle. Aang and Katara can only wait and hope that Sokka succeeds where they have failed. Woof! Excellent wow. fight scene, dude. Yeah, I, just just the action in the trees as they're falling. Dude. Unbelievable. Very uh, crotchy tiger, hidden dragon. Very mm -hmm. samurai shampoo, which is a huge mm. inspiration for this show. Um, which I think they also might actually have those similar weapons. Um, and then I'm also wondering, did they? Because this is 2005. Not that it was an original idea that, you know, they think they've caught the bad guy and there's actually extra stuff to go. But I feel like they almost beat the Dark Knight to the punch. You know, Batman catches the Joker and thinks he has him. And the Joker admits that, A, you got to worry about these, these people on the boats. And B, you forgot all about Harvey Dent. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing. Katara and Aang think they've stopped him. And it's just like, oh, man, I really hope somebody out there helps us here. Yeah. That I... It, it also puts the audience in that same boat. You're like, oh, they're going to stop him and it's over. When I wonder if Jed himself was extending the fight scene to keep oh, yeah. them from realizing what was actually happening. Uh, well, something that they can't really stop at this point. Emotions were all set. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, how about the fact that Katara uh, was able to freeze the water? I think that's the first time we see that in this show. That's, a, that's another breadcrumb for yeah. what's to happen later but it's, it's it's again like you see her you know she still hasn't actually met another waterbender to teach her really anything Aang can waterbend because he has past lives that are waterbenders and he helps her in general but we see Katara teaching herself a lot and just coming up with these new techniques on her own which is also really impressive which is says a lot about her and what's to come but yeah it's it's a cool move and preview mm -hmm. absolutely um, I like that, uh, okay, of course this was a fight scene between Jet and Aang, but uh, Aang with all his abilities and bending powers still could not take on Jet. It had to be uh, Katara that delivered the crushing blow. Um, but also I think that was done in part to uh, give her this whole uh, catharsis moment where she finally gets to you know, call out Jet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. It's excellent and it's also, uh, uh, 
we, we, we've seen it time and time again. Aang's fighting style is still, still too peaceful. He, he, he can't finish anyone. Uh, he was, you know, evasive in the trees at first. Only when, you know, he needed to push back Jack with an airbending did he actually strike. I mean, He's we've seen... pacifist, yeah. Yeah. We've seen Aang hold back and be pacifistic against firebenders, against absolute, total, certified enemies. And for this entire episode until pretty much this scene, he's considered Jed an ally. So I think for him, it's also that moral dilemma in his head. Wait, why, you know, I'm fighting somebody I thought was my friend. It turns out that they've betrayed me. I think he's kind of trying to wrap his head around that. Oh no, what's happening with Sokka and this guy's fighting. So there's a lot going on in Aang's head, which is probably why he was not going full thrust here. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, on that uh, note, Longshot, after hearing that uh, bird call, fires the flaming arrow, igniting the jelly and wrecking the dam. Instantly, the entire village is flooded. Sad, hurt, and angry, Katara turns on Jet and resumes insulting him for his actions. Still, Jet doesn't back down, stating that this is a victory against the Fire Nation. Suddenly, Sokka arrives, riding Appa and accompanied by Momo. Thank God. Uh, Jet is infuriated to learn that Sokka successfully warned the villagers and evacuated them. He tells them that although the Fire Nation soldiers stationed in the city initially believed him to be a spy, Sokka's warnings were reinforced by none other than the elderly man that he and Jet encountered the previous day. With the man's urging uh, augmenting Sokka's, uh, sorry, uh, with the man urging the villagers to believe Sokka, he was able to escort them safely from the village. Jet calls Sokka a fool believing that he was, uh, he's ruined the people's chance to win freedom from the Fire Nation. Sokka responds by coldly stating that there would be no one left alive to appreciate the freedom. Jet promptly declares him a traitor, but Sokka says that Jet became the traitor when he stopped protecting the innocent. Katara turns his back on Jet, and she, Aang, and Sokka fly off on Appa, leaving the leader of the freedom fighters frozen to the tree. Aang and Katara apologize for not believing Sokka while steering Appa. Sokka says to follow instincts, as they are usually right. Aang points out that he's flying in the wrong direction, and Sokka admits that sometimes instincts are wrong. Changing direction. The end. <sighs> yeah. Classic. Classic kids uh, show ending there. Fighting fire it's, with fire theme is a uh, pretty apt here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, just pointing out, we also see that this was directed by Dave Filoni, who, if you mm-hmm. are a Star Wars Clone Wars fan or Star Wars Rebels, or really any version of the Star Wars animated television series that have been nothing but amazing, and The Mandalorian, the guy mm. behind them all is Dave Filoni. Nice, I didn't know that. You know that. Yeah, yeah very cool. Um, I think it's very telling that, uh, man, just the theme of Sokka's instincts, his instincts were right to uh, want to help the old man, and uh, boy did it pay off at the end, because uh, only with his... Uh, support and uh with the old man vouching for him did uh was he able to successfully free or get the people out of the town in time another interesting thing i noticed when the town is first being flooded i don't know if anybody else saw this there is a giant bin of cabbages oh yeah <laughs> right no, near that. the effort entrance that's one of the first things to get hit we don't see the dude so i don't know if it's just a separate company if he's franchised <laughs> if he's going around or if he was one of the people saved but I just thought it funny that, again, you have all this mass destruction. Of course, the cabbages are one of the first things to go. Always. It's hard. It's hard out there for a cabbage merchant. 
you know, you'd, you'd think with the main characters uh, vegetarian, mm. there wouldn't be so much violence against cabbages. Yeah, <laughs> very, very true. F- funny that um, at the, the episode starts out with uh, Sokka saying, we should walk because uh, we, we don't want to be followed. We don't want to have uh, Appa. But uh, okay, it was only with Appa that he was able to fly in at the last second. So uh, flying again at the end. Yeah, there's no perfect way to do this. All right, you, uh-huh. you gotta balance everything, and uh, kind of that, that's, that's what the show's all about. Balance, guys. Yeah, can we? Yeah. Uh, who doesn't like balance? Yeah. We'll call back to the old guy was great too. Uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but I didn't. You know, you don't see that coming though. That's a nice little right. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, I like that uh, blasting jelly. Okay, it was. I think it was mentioned before in the Pirates episode. So it was nice that they actually kind of uh, laid that in there. Hey, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, excellent. What, 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 why did, what? I don't know. Part of me is wondering if this episode should have had a different name. Like, it, it really is about Jet, but uh, I know that one of the uh, original titles for it was The Rebels. Do we... Uh, I like that name. Yeah, but right? I think we didn't learn enough about his... Uh, is you know band of rebels enough to not mm-hmm. just single out Jet? There was so much time away from them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. It um. It'd be nice to learn more about them. It yeah. would. I I wonder if you worry about the term rebels only because I don't know. I I, I got too fixated. Like again, in the Civil War, the Confederate soldiers are referred to as rebels. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I wonder if they're trying to like worry about you know infighting within the Earth Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm just amazed at the shades of gray that this show can throw. You know, it's you, you look back on it, and everybody talks about certainly compared to Korra, how Avatar: The Last Airbender is much more black and white, and it's it's you know like in Star Wars, it's good versus evil, and it's you know this fascist regime of firebenders, and it's these pure good angelic um, team Avatar taking them on, and then you have episodes like this that remind you that. This is a very expansive world. It's a very detailed world. It's a very affected and disaffected world. Um, and it's not that clear cut at all. And you see, you know, it, it just gives you this hint of these lives that have been tortured and not everybody can come out of it morally perfect and, and doing what's right by everyone. And they're all affected in different ways. And it's, it's easy to see everyone against the Fire Nation is good, but that's not necessarily the case. And just the example, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we were talking about how the hideout was so similar to the, the you know, Peter Pan's hideout in Hook. Again, mm-hmm. uh, Dante Bosco, who is the voice of Zuko, did play the character of Rufio in Hook. So it's kind of a, a character similar to Jet that, uh, that Rufio was. <laughs> I, it's funny that he was in the last episode yelling at pirates, but he didn't get to be in this one where they actually have lost boys. Definitely. Um, what else? Oh, one thing I, we, I forgot to mention earlier. Okay, we saw Sokka when he's up in the tree and the old man's approaching. Uh, he does this technique of putting the sword in there to like listen to the vibrations. Uh, this is essentially how uh, Toph uses earth bending, which will happen a lot later to sense the vibration and feel where people are. So some uh, a little bit of earth bending uh, lore being dropped in there as we go. Good stuff, guys. Um, and that concludes the episode. Yeah, good stuff. All yeah. around. Um, closing thoughts, Jeff. 
just yeah i mean there, there this is a great episode for for kind of showing where we're headed showing our characters a little disparate but still ultimately on the pay, on the same page and needing to learn as they travel more and and there's there's a lot more that they need to master not just not just physically fighting style but mentally and and understanding what's happening around them definitely uh connor final thoughts i thought it was a great episode uh just watching it in a bottle i do agree it, it puts pause on plot a little bit for the yeah. sake of advancing characters morally and also showing that when they're separated that they have their strengths but their weaknesses can easily be manipulated if they're not all together mm -hmm. uh, so i i think uh, it did a good job in indirectly advancing the show by having the characters learn a lot and also just learn how they can operate as a unit absolutely uh i think the biggest theme of the show is uh when to trust instincts and what makes a good leader and uh, certainly we got, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's tough because, dude, you, uh, when you trust your instincts and you get it right, you give it a lot of credit. Uh, but uh, your instincts are more often than not wrong. I, uh, I hate to admit it. Uh, that, maybe that's just my personal experience. Um, of course, it was Sokka's instincts that almost got them killed in the forest, but uh, it was also his instincts that saved the village in the end. So... Uh, Something to be said for that, whether or not he is the leader of the gang. I think it's the, uh, the, the collective instincts of the gang and the collective uh, will towards uh, this mission that in fact leads. And, uh, and with that, uh, we end up, we wrap up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in, listening, like, and subscribe. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Peace out. Or Thank you. And Connor, Flavio and Connor, our featured guests, thanks for coming on. Appreciate uh, having you and your yeah, unique uh, voice. Uh, hope to see you out there soon. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I rewatched the show like a month ago, but I think I'm just going to start from this episode moving forward again. Why not? And, uh, and that ends our show. Thank you guys for listening. Good night.